This week we visit the island of Mauritius, the original home of the now extinct dodo bird. Hello, I'm Gary Bembridge and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. My travel reviews and recommendations based on the first-hand experiences I gain from the up to two to three times a month I travel all over the world. To find out more, you can visit the website at tipsfortravellers.com or mytravelreviews.com where you'll find links, show notes, how to subscribe, individual episodes and many photo and video galleries. It's now time for this episode of Tips for Travellers. Mauritius is situated in the warm and crystal clear Indian Ocean to the east of the island of Madagascar, which itself lies off the southeast of Africa near Mozambique. Its location has made it an aspirational place to visit by well-heeled travellers from Europe, large parts of Asia and Africa. It's still a place to be fully embraced by American tourists who are more attracted towards the Caribbean, which is more easily accessible from the United States. It is, though, their loss, for Mauritius is truly a special place. This magical island is small, just 30 miles by 40 miles, and yet it is without a doubt one of the most stunning places in the world to visit, and a fantastic place to vacation. The government of the country has been managing very carefully to create a mystical, magical, and romantic island through its careful management of its resources and its very clear strategy about the type of tourist it actually wants to attract. It's an island of romance, and it's one of my most favourite places in the world that I've ever vacationed in. It's very high on my list of places that you should visit. And I'm looking forward to exploring Mauritius with you. As you jet into Mauritius, you usually fly over the lush green island, landing right down on the bottom of the island in the south. You land at the, and I'm going to get this pronunciation wrong, you land at the Sawitsuzuragara Ramgulam International Airport. It's a pretty modern airport, pretty contemporary, and one of the things to note about the airport, and in fact Mauritius itself, is that you will only see scheduled airlines there. The government allows no charter airlines. They only allow scheduled airlines. They don't go out and seek mass tourism. So unlike many places, for example, in the Caribbean, the Bahamas, and places like that, they do not encourage mass tourism. They do not encourage charter flights. They do not encourage low-cost airlines. So actually, they're very clear about the type of person that they want to attract. But you do notice there are only scheduled airlines. And and I'll talk a bit later about the kind of airlines that are there, Air Mauritius in a big way, and airlines such as British Airways, Air France, and, and more about that later. I mentioned in the opening that this island was a, the original home of the now extinct dodo bird, and I'm not really quite sure what possessed this bird, other than I guess it has a reputation for being incredibly stupid. And to go extinct when you're living on an island of Mauritius just seems to be an incredibly stupid thing to do. For once you you leave the airport and start to head towards where you're staying, the thing that strikes you about Mauritius is this incredibly lush, rich, green countryside. I mean, 
absolutely just phenomenal shades of green. And that's largely due to sugarcane. Most of the island, uh, or large parts of the island, are covered with sugarcane. But it is because of the nature of the weather there and the huge amounts of rains it gets, particularly in the sort of December, January, February, March, April time period, they get a lot of rain. So it's very lush and, and it's almost kind of jungle-like in, it, in its kind of lushness. But as I mentioned, it's, it's, it's sugar cane that you see everywhere and it's very tall, green, those of you who have seen, seen sugar cane. The other thing you notice as you kind of drive through this very lush green countryside is it's quite hilly and, and, and the hills are volcanic because the island uh, originally has uh, way, way, way back when has kind of volcanic um, origins. So as you sort of tootle around and head towards where you're staying, the other thing that strikes you is that almost every single house you see is incomplete. It needs a roof added on it, uh, sorry, a, a floor added on it or an extension added on it, and yet people are living in these things. And it's just very quite bizarre and quite strange. Now, what was explained to us is that this is due to the nature of taxation, where there's some kind of penalties or taxes that come into play when your property is completed. Now, a lot of people kind of chortled at this and thought this was all kind of very backward and third-worldy. But if you take a look even at some of the UK cities, if you go down to places like Bath, the old, which was originally Roman town, but of course, uh, during Georgian times became very popular. You'll see the stately homes and, in fact, all the apartment blocks and things. You'll find windows bricked up, and you'll see the same in places like London. It's because at the time the government had introduced a tax where they taxed you based on the number of windows you had. So it's a similar kind of concept there. But it is very strange because you just see all these incomplete houses, and it seems to be kind of a, just a strange thing to have, have kind of left there and left incomplete but it's what it's what happens the other thing that strikes you as you drive through little villages on your on your way from the airport is zillions of factory shops and most of them appear to be Ralph Lauren factory shops and what you discover once you ask the driver or the tour guide or you ask people at the hotel is that Mauritius has a very large or certainly used to have a very large uh, industry around garments and they used to make a lot of the designer um, clothes now they're with the drift into India and particularly the drift into China, that's actually hitting them quite hard. And in fact, one of the economic problems they're wrestling with at the moment is the loss of a lot of the garment industry to places like, like China. And unemployment is, has been rising in Mauritius as, as a result of that. But you see these loads and loads of Ralph Lauren shops. And actually, when we were there the last time, we ended up spending a fortune at these places. And I'm not sure that it was that much cheaper. But that kind of strikes you. So straight away you kind of get a good sense about what this island's about. You know, sugar clearly is a big part of the economy, you know, and, and garments and design making designer clothes is quite a big part of their economy. The other thing that strikes you, and you only really notice this based on where you're staying, whether you, and if you're particularly staying up more towards the north of the island, you notice as you drive around, you see a lot of kind of Indian influence, you see French influence, you see Chinese influence. And it's really quite strange because you do see this very big mix of different types of people and different types of cultures, and, it's, and it is really quite strange. And this is largely due to the history of the island. In fact, if you take the religion of the island, for example, 51% of the population is Hindu, 30% is Christian, 70% is Muslim, and, 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 the, and then there's all sorts, of, all sorts of others. But if you go right back to the history of the island, the island, as I mentioned, 
It's kind of out in the Indian Ocean. So way, way, way back, the Portuguese kind of stumbled across it um, in, in the sort of the four, you know, around about the 1498, sort of the 1500 time. They didn't really stop there a lot because they had better places to go, particularly in the, in the Cape, in, in South, what we now know as South Africa. And then eventually, about 100 or so years later, though, the Portuguese influence kind of waned because the Dutch kind of took much more interest in it, and, and particularly when the Dutch... They use it as a supply base, um, preferring it to other places along along the way. But the Dutch really just saw it as a, as a temporary um, place. Um, but what did start to happen is um, slaves started to be brought in to help with sugarcane and growing sugarcane. And then the French eventually kind of took over the island, and, and the French captain, um, de Arsal, Sounds a bit rude, that, but um, that was his name. He claimed the island. And actually, for a long time, it was called Ile de France. And it was handed over to the French East India Company. And they ran it as a trading base. And um, a sugar mill was established. And they started to build road networks, etc. And for a very, very long time, the French really drove it, which is why French is still one of the official languages there. But eventually, in the early 1800s, about 1810, the, the British took over... Mauritius and they took control of Mauritius but they actually did a deal in the Treaty of Paris after the kind of the war where they kept very much the kind of the Frenchness about it so they kept their language they kept a lot of the religion they kept a lot of in fact even the, the Napoleon code legal system and all that kind of stuff basically and the British um, kind of then controlled Mauritius right up until 1968 when Mauritius became independent so as you can see there was this whole big mix of things and actually what happened is after the the, the, the end of slavery and, and the kind of when the African slaves were, were freed, um, what the wealthy sugar barons did is they looked towards India and they started to bring a lot of Indian people in to to the island. And so the whole balance of the population shifted towards Indian and later towards Chinese. And in fact, as a result of a very, very large Indian population, the first um, uh, prime minister um, after independence was Indian, which was the gentleman's name who I, I mentioned earlier, which who eventually became Sir, and I'm going to try his name again, Sir Savaragusa Ram Gulam, um, eventually became the Prime Minister. But as I mentioned, as you drive around the island, it's very interesting because you get all these different types of cultures and things. Eventually you get to your resort, and the thing that strikes you about your resort is you kind of enter into this resort and once you're in there you're in this little self-contained bubble the resorts are very very self-contained there's almost no need to venture out and everything you need there is is kind of within that within that space they're very um all of them have their kind of their own what appear to be private beaches and i'm not sure if they actually are private beaches but they appear to be private beaches which only the guests use and there's a big focus on the sea um there's a there's a reef which 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 surrounds parts of Mauritius, and so there's a big focus on the sea, on swimming, on the reefs, etc. Um, although I'll talk a little bit later about how you have to be careful in some parts of the island, you have to wear shoes when you are swimming because of little, um, I forgot what they're called now, but there's some things in the sand that you have to kind of watch out for. So once you're in a self-contained resort, um, and I'll talk about the whole thing about the all-inclusive and those kind of things, you, there's almost no need to venture out. And many people, the only time they venture out of their complex is when they go back to the airport at the end. Um, the other thing once you're in a resort, other than this big sea focus, you notice weddings. I mentioned earlier in the setup that this is very much a place of romance, and so many people come to get married there. And almost every single day, the last time I was in Mauritius, the place we stayed, they were there for 12 nights, and I think someone got married every single day. So let me give you your tips. Um, this is the tips for travellers, tips if you're visiting Mauritius.
The first thing to do if you're visiting Mauritius is to be extremely careful about when you visit. You must avoid the time from January through until April. So the reason for that is because it rains and it rains and it rains. It's very warm, but it's some of the warmest time of the year, but it rains and rains and rains. And um, there's also a strong chance of cyclones. Now, the thing to do if you want to check out the time to go is, is and i put some links in the show notes, the BBC the British Broadcasting Corporation at bbc.co.uk, has um, an incredible section on its site, which are holiday destination reports. And I put some links to the both the country guides and the specific city guides. So you actually go and look at all the temperatures and things. But the temperature at the beginning part of the year is very warm. It's up to 30 degrees Celsius. The rest of the part of the year, it's actually about 24 degrees Celsius, and it's very nice. But as I mentioned, be very careful. I know people have gone in April, and they've just it's just rained the whole time they're there. Both times I've been to Mauritius is actually in May. I've gone around my birthday time. And we've had nice weather, but it is slightly risky. In fact, the last time we went, there was actually a cyclone um, hitting, which hit the island the night before we got there. Um, but, it, you know, it, it recovered fairly quickly after that. So just be a little bit careful. You know, it must be very careful. And you'll find lots of deals and things in that, that kind of time you shouldn't go. So that's the first tip. Secondly, only go to Mauritius if you are the type of person that really likes to do very little and likes to unwind. I've already mentioned that you basically go to your complex. And once you're complex, kind of that's where you are. And it's all about the sea. It's all about lying in the sun. It's all about perhaps, you know, a splash around the water or doing water sports. So the third tip really is when you're looking for hotels, research them very carefully. And two things related to that. One of them is that I think it's worth, if you're going to Mauritius, to look at the all-inclusive package type of approach. Most of the hotels, or certainly many of the hotels, of quite a wide range, whether it's three, four, five stars or, or less, tend to offer inclusive packages. Now, the reason for that is actually a practical one. There's not a lot of places to go out and eat. The resorts are all quite spread around the island and, and they're kind of self-contained. So they're not kind of little restaurants around the corner because pretty much all of the tourists eat within their resort. So there's, there's no business to be had in, in, in running separate separate, um, separate restaurants. And in fact, what you find is also incredibly difficult to pop into another resort. So for example, we wanted to go and look at some of the, the one and only chain, which I'll talk about a little bit later, which are some of the very smart, very nice places. And you actually can't go there. You can't just pop in to eat because a lot, you know, because a lot of these places are all-inclusive. You actually have to almost phone ahead, get permission, and, and, and it's, it's very difficult. So think about the all-inclusive, because if you don't go to an all-inclusive place, you're going to probably end up spending a lot of money there anyway. Now, in some places, all-inclusive often means down market. In Mauritius, that's not necessarily the case, because even the very you know form five-star um, will offer all-inclusive packages, some of which even include, include their drinks. So um, the Maritime, which is a place we stayed and I have links there, they had all-inclusive, including all your drinks. And it was a lovely hotel with great food. And the same with um, Beau Rivage as well, which didn't include drinks. So it was it was very lovely. As I mentioned earlier, there's a huge spectrum of hotels. Now, the one and only group have some of the most glamorous. They have um, La Touche Rock and um, Saint-Geran, which are two of the very kind of very upmarket hotels, which are the celebrity kind of spotting types of hotels. And those are the ones which I would love to go and stay at, but they just kind of seem to be absolutely crazy money. But um, as I said, there's a huge wide range of hotels from very family focused right through those very kind of exclusive ones. And in fact, um, that's the whole appeal of, of Mauritius. That's quite a, a widespread. Although saying that, bearing in mind, because of the nature of they don't allow um, low-cost flights, it's a relatively expensive kind of place to go to. The other thing to do, which is my tip number number four, which is still linked to the hotel piece, is book a tribe a tri- 
book a private transfer if you can versus the bus transfers. Now, the reason for that is because the hotels are spread out quite a lot, um, what happens if you get the bus transfers, it tends to kind of hop from hotel to hotel to hotel because often many chains are linked together or whatever. So you can actually end up just, you know, taking forever to get to your to your hotel because you're kind of going from venue to venue to venue. And when you go back to the airport, it's also very frustrating. It takes a lot of time as they're dropping off and fetching people. So if you can book some kind of private transfer because it's much more efficient, it's much less hassle and all that kind of thing. The fifth thing which is still linked to the hotel is because I already mentioned the hotels are very kind of self-contained, book a hotel that has lots of features, particularly water sports. Now, many of the hotels um, will, have, will, will have packages which include water sports, so skiing and all that kind of stuff for free. And I would look for a hotel that includes that because otherwise you'll find because you're kind of lolling around and not doing a lot, it, it, it's very attractive to do that. So they have the little banana boat things um, and all that kind of stuff. Now, there is a water park, for example, that is on offer in the East Island. And, and it's a great water park. Actually, I was very impressed with it. But because everyone's so self-contained within their, their own places, not many people go. So actually, the day we had a meander down to the water park, which is in the east of the island, quite near um, the one only St. Joran Hotel, um, it wasn't at all busy. In fact, they actually opened large, many of the rides for us. So we had this water park, I think it was us, and eventually a couple of other kids came. It was about 10 of us in this water park. So you can see how much people are focused on where they stay. The sixth tip, which is, is is an absolute must, if you go to Mauritius, you must go snorkeling. And if you're so inclined, go diving. The sea in Mauritius is just spectacular. It's crystal, crystal clear. And even if you've never wanted to go snorkeling, do it. We went out snorkeling, and the place we stayed actually took us on a little boat every day, which was included in the price. And we went snorkeling, and it was just amazing. The things you see, the fish you see, and and it's quite deep where you go to, and it's just unbelievably amazing and and just go snorkeling whether you're five whether you're 50 whether you're 500 years old go snorkeling it's just magical 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 and Mauritius is not a very busy place you often have lots of space to yourself the seventh tip is hire a car for just one day and I would actually just recommend doing it for one day. I've been there twice, and we made the mistake of twice <laughs> of hiring it for more than one day. You don't need it. One day is enough. The island is so small. It's only 30 miles by 40 miles, and it's very easy to basically explore. There's one kind of major motorway, really, which heads from the south up to the north, pretty much. I mean, there's a few others, and there's lots of little side roads. But pretty much there's, there's one main piece, and you can meander off down various side roads and get horribly lost, which we did. But you think, because it's not so big, you find your way back. But what you want to do is, now I'm assuming at this stage that you're sort of staying towards the South Island, but whatever. Um, basically, you want to go from north to south, whichever way you're staying. Now, both times I've stayed more towards the, the south part. But you want to head up north towards um, the place which is called Grand Bay, and that's base belt B-A-I-E. And that's kind of right at the top of the island. There's a very nice little bay with lots of yachts and boats and and stuff and shops and things up there. But that's kind of the point you're heading to. And on the way, there's two. There's a couple of stops you make. The first stop you make um, is at the the Pample Moose Botanical Garden. Now, there's links to to some details of this on the website on the and on the show show links. There's a 60 acre garden. It's got a pond of very famous um, Victoria Amazonia lilies. These are monstrous huge big lilies i mean they're, i think some of them are about eight feet or more um uh, in size in in diameter and they're just incredible these huge lilies and just absolutely beautiful then they also have lots of palm the royal palm brazilian queen palm raffia palms chinese lady palm and it's just really good i'm not big into looking at plants but this was just a great great day out and these huge big trees and because of the the, the climate they have um, in mauritius it's just um, quite amazing there's also a very beautiful 
um, house um, in the Botanical Garden, which used to be um, kind of like an official residence. But the other thing which is great is what they've done just in front of this house, which is now the, the, they manage the Botanical Gardens there, just outside the house, is there's all these trees have been planted. And you can actually check out the history of the island based on who planted the trees when. So if you walk along, you'll see everyone from Mahatma Gandhi through to Nelson Mandela, through to British people, you know, um, Princess um, Anne. And it's just really interesting. As you as you walk down, you can almost see how the change in politics and, and, and influence, because this island, because it's sort of leaning towards, it's got a European, obviously, history with its link to, to Holland, to the UK, to France, but it's got strong ties with with um, uh, the East, with obviously places like India because of the huge Indian population, China because of the nature. There's a lot of Chinese people there, um, and and of course Africa. So you can almost walk along. You can almost plot based on by day the celebrity that's been there planting these trees, how the politic the politics of the island have changed, and it's really fascinating. There's just some, and it's incredible who's been there and and, and planted trees. It's just it's just quite amazing. So that's something really really worth doing. Now pictures of the botanical garden and some of these pieces are on um, on on the um, if you go to the website tipsfortravellers.com and you look at the 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 galleries down the side you'll see a link to Mauritius and you and you'll see those there so you go to the, the botanical garden and spend a short while there then what you you'll do in Grand Bay you'll there's there's a there's a submarine tour which is really good fun and I've put a link on the show notes which is it's a 40 minute blue safari submarine tour and they go out of Grand Bay and it goes down to about 20 meters and 30 meters in depth and it's a little submarine and it's where you people sit in it's quite a few people sit in and it's it's just amazing again because as i mentioned the the floor and the fauna of the water is just great the only other place to visit really after the botanical garden and and grand bay is port louis which is the capital now they have a very nice waterfront complex um in the harbor there because obviously there's a because of as i mentioned in the history there's been a lot of uh, nautical um, uh, connections and ev- obviously everything has to be shipped into Mauritius. There's a nice little working harbour there, but they've done a very nice um, waterfront complex, which is the Cordon Waterfront wa- Cordon Waterfront Complex, and it's got little shops and designer shops and boutiques and curios, and it's really you can spend a nice time there. I mean, it's not amazing, but it's just really nice kind of um, time to spend some time. They have something to drink or something to eat or whatever. There is a casino there, a little small casino, which is quite fun. And then, and because of the nature of the island, they're not that fussed, you know, they're not strict about dress codes and, and things, and that's quite good. Now, in terms of getting to Mauritius, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that it's, it's in, the, in the setup that is very popular, particularly with European travellers, um, people from, from Europe and, and a little bit to, to India. The best way, really, of getting to Mauritius is by focusing on Air Mauritius. Now, Air Mauritius, because of the nature of the island, it's all about tourism. Yes, they have a big sugar industry. Yes, they have a, they have a big textile industry. But tourism is a monstrously important and, and big part of their business. Now, Air Mauritius flies from, kind of from Europe, so from Düsseldorf, from London, Paris, Geneva, Milan, Rome, Frankfurt, Munich, Zurich, Vienna. So there's a whole hub of stuff there. They also fly um, from, from India a lot, from Delhi, Mumbai, Chennai, also further across from Kuala Lumpur, Singapore, Hong Kong, from Perth, Melbourne, and Sydney, so there's obviously Australian connection, and then from from parts of Africa like Johannesburg, Cape Town, Durban, um, and Nairobi, and and Dubai is becoming a very big kind of um, centre in terms of both Emirates and Emirates flying into Mauritius. So those are kind of the pockets, and that's where the the, the real source of of, of, of um, business comes from. It's about a twelve hour flight from Europe, so you know it is quite a long way for 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 US people to go, but it just it is almost like an undiscovered place and it really is just quite something now in terms of places to stay on the show notes i've i've linked 
um, to the top rate of details from TripAdvisor with what the one and only Latouche Rock is number one, and and it is just a, that's one of the most um, top designer places. But I've listed the others there, and also links to the Maritime Mar- uh, Maritime and Mauritius, which I've stayed at before, which is a lovely hotel with nice pool, nice water facilities, and lovely beach, and the Beau Rivage Hotel, which has the most spectacular big swimming pool, which you can see on the show notes, and and just great food and and a very very classy sort of open restaurant and then one more place like cover charge so that's mauritius it's a magical magical place to visit remember be careful about where you visit go there only if you like to unwind book a hotel that's got an all-inclusive package lots of features make sure that you get a private transfer if you can to just make the whole process of getting to and from your place much better hire a car for one day because there's only three big things to see which is the pamplemousse botanical garden grand bay and 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 the tour and port louis focus on air mauritius they constantly have deals because of course they're always working to do and if you keep very closely on the Mauritius site and sign up for some of the email alerts you get incredible deals so for example i'm just looking at one there's a 10 nights all-inclusive package from out of the uk for for just um, 1600 us dollars about 900 uk pounds at the silver beach hotel which is on the east coast um, very very nice and then there's a very luxurious new golf resort that's just opened and here's a whole package which is getting all business class all inclusive for 40 nights for five thousand dollars but you can get you know so you can see the whole spectrum of stuff but by linking very closely in Mauritius, that's the way to do it You've been listening to Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast with Gary Bembridge. To find out more, visit the Tips for Travellers website at tipsfortravellers.com. That's all one word and spelt the UK way with two L's. That's tipsfortravellers.com or mytravelreviews.com. There you'll find contact details, links and much, much more. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, search on iTunes or Yahoo Podcasts for Tips for Travellers.